0: Good evening everyone. It is Dr. Nigro again with the next episode of Psychology Unplugged. Uh, Another humbling week of being able to talk with so many people from different parts of the world. I had never imagined when I started this. Um, Thank you, Dad, for encouraging it, that we would reach um, the size and the level and the degree of the audience. and. Uh, I do my best to get back to everybody who calls, texts, emails me. Um, Very passionate about this. And uh, if I haven't gone back to you, reach out on whichever platform you have, and I will do my best to get back to you this week. Um, Today's topic is uh, excuses. Now, uh, I may have mentioned this before, but... Julie um, was introduced to Wayne Dyer, who was a psychologist from, I think, Lexington, Massachusetts. Um, And I had never heard of him before. And he um, is a psychologist who did an amazing job of uh, assimilating various disciplines of, of spirituality, God. Um, so I think people confuse God with religion. That's a, another episode or topic that we'll do. Um, science, philosophy, into in, in really a, a, a way to explain the human condition. And um, I don't do much therapy anymore, as I've mentioned and the few people that I do see, uh, I primarily treat borderline personality disorder and a um, few others. But, you know, my, my job is primarily as a neuropsychologist is a diagnostician. And, you know, my whole job is, um, I think I've said this in one of the episodes, is to find out what's wrong with you or a family member and I had somebody a few weeks ago I was like so the, the report doesn't say anything nice that doesn't tell talk about my strengths and I said the tests aren't designed to do that they're designed to figure out what's wrong and that's the hardest part of what I do because I want to uh it, well it's back up a second as you guys who follow this program know, it's very organic, and Julie and I were driving to the grocery store on Sundays, and she's cutting lettuce now, so if you hear that in the background, that's what we're doing, because we're having tacos tonight. Uh, one of our our best friend is over with us, who's a family nurse practitioner, who I'd love to have on at some point as well. Um, so she's like, what are you talking about today? I was like, I don't know, as is generally the case, until something pops in my head, and I'm like, uh, let's talk about excuses. Now... We all engage in this mindset of making excuses. It's how we get through the world. It, it's a coping mechanism. It, it can be irrational. Uh, I, I've said this before. Any behavior or thought pattern that we repeat, independent of, it, of its uh, adaptiveness, level of health, appropriateness is reinforced by the dopaminergic system that's our pleasure neurotransmitter that's our pleasure pleasure system we engage in behavior so you take somebody who 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 cuts there's a reason for the cut, whether it's a transference of emotional pain, to physical pain, a uh, form of self punishment, a feeling, uh, feeling numb and wanting to feel a, a, a release. The, independent of the behavior, it, the, the, the goal of, of, of cognitive behavioral therapy. And you guys, again, who follow this program, you know, Julie and I disagree pretty vehemently on cognitive behavioral therapy, which is how I was extensively trained and her modality of DBT. Which I think is some utility on an inpatient unit, but that's go back to that episode if you want to hear us argue. Um, but I wanna talk, you know, I, I did the one on mind viruses and, and, and I got a lot of feedback and people wanted to kinda of learn more about that. And I thought, you know, we I I had taken Julie's car the other day um to run to the store. Um and it, Radio was on, and it was Wayne Dyer, and and his he was doing his episode of Excuses Be Gone. This is just my interpretation of it, and I think we, just that Excuses Be Gone kind of makes you you take a step back and pause, like, wait a minute, I'm being called out now. Am I willing to take a look at? Well, my thought patterns. Am I willing to take a look at my behaviors? And you know, this is this is something that's rooted in cognitive therapy and rationally emotive therapy as 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 a way to kind of hold up the actual restoration hardware, Pottery Barn, Target, mirror. In one of the first episodes, I talked about like that. We love the carnival mirrors, we love the ones that look make us look fat and, and short and tall and skinny. We can stand in front of those for hours. But we the mirrors we use right now are the ones for it uh, t- to shave, to brush our teeth, to do our makeup. Okay, I, I don't do makeup, but so just want to put that out there. Um, mm-hmm. not that there's anything wrong with that if you're a Seinfeld fan. Um, but wanted to bring up the topic of excuses because it, 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 in therapy you hear this all the time. You know, uh, why don't you? Why don't you see? Why don't you see your your, your good friends? Um, they live too far away. Okay, why don't you go back to college? Uh, well, it's gonna. It's, it's, it's a lot of money. Okay, why don't? All right. Well, Kathleen, our friend, is playing one of my previous episodes in the background, so if that comes that comes through as you know this program is very organic and Julie's moving stuff around in the house uh so that's that that's the background noise what's that no I was just talking it's all right so um you know with 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 excuses it, it you know if a patient say well well what's your goal well I I want to lose 20 pounds okay reasonable goal how are you going about it well I go to the gym on Mondays for five minutes okay reasonable goal but the amount of effort that you're putting in is never going to get you there so what's your excuse for not doing it more well you know it's cold in the morning and I, I don't want to go out um my gym membership is 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 too expensive well then you know why do you even have a membership why, what do you keep paying it for so um I have to I think I have to work sometimes on being better with my facial expressions you know the eye roll you ever saw Overboard mm-hmm. watch Dr. Corman you know what are you shaking your head at sure that. well it's a good movie with Kurt Russell Goldie Hawn um but you know part of the, the cognitive behavioral modality is to is to bring to an individual's awareness the excuses that they are perpetuating to maintain or justify in their minds what they th- why they are either doing something or not doing something so there's immersion and avoidance. Uh, immersion is why do you keep going to the strip club? Why do you keep going to the casino? Why do you keep overeating? Okay, that's the immersion, the avoidance. Why do you keep avoiding your parents? Why do you keep avoiding your children? Why do you keep avoiding going to school? So it it really cuts both ways. And when you confront people on this, they really have nothing more to say. Well, Well, yeah, but, and you know, my thing with the whole yeah, but is, one. it's like, you're a really nice guy, and I like him having a great time, but I just don't see us having a future together. So whenever you have the word but or however, I tell people, whatever you say prior to the but and the however is irrelevant. It just, it just I, I guess, tries to um, decrease the impact of the blow. So vocabulary has a huge place in, 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 in psychotherapy, uh, like needs. I need to go to the store. No, no one needs to go to the store. And again, I, I say this all the time, the interchangeably, you know, if you look at Maslow's original model, uh, people, all we need is food, water, air and shelter. Everything else is a want. It's a want, which means it's a choice. And if it's a choice, it's something that you've constructed and it's something that you have to own and not to externalize and say, well, she made me do it. No, I can't make anybody do anything. I can't make somebody happy. I can't make somebody sad. I can't make somebody do this X, Y, Z. And people say this all the time, and that is a completely irrational statement. I can't make Julie cook dinner. I could ask her, but it's her own volition that she would want to. And that's the tacos cooking in the background, if you hear that, Um but you can't make people do anything. And people think they have this inordinate amount of control over other people. Like, uh, you make me so mad. You make me so happy. You make me... So, no, no, no. We own our, our emotional states, which may sound ironic coming from someone like me, who cares less about emotions. Let me give a preface with that. I, I focus on thoughts and and behaviors from a cognitive behavior perspective. But I, as an empathic person, I can completely empathize with what an individual is going through but i am not going to talk about how you feel because it is irrelevant it starts with a thought which leads to behaviors and emotions are just the the byproduct of it and that's where irrational beliefs and that's where the mind viruses and that's where the 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 excuses that's where that's where they come in and they can be paralyzing but they're also the irony is they cut both ways They, they they are explanatory but they are contradictory because they help us we have to do one thing at night there's only one way for any of us to sleep it, it is to distort reality so we can put our head on the pillow and deny the things that are going on in our lives deny the things that are going on in our children's lives in our in our family's lives our parents lives you know i mean you know we are all subject to emotion we are all we all have a right to 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 have emotion we all have a right to have our own thoughts but you are. no one is responsible for the happiness of somebody else. No one is responsible for their own behavior except ourselves. And the amount of blame that goes into this with excuses, excuses are, are, are ridiculous. And it, it's really holding the mirror up and saying, take a look at what we all do. And I, I'm putting myself in this group, you know? I mean, I, I was very emotional last night about my father uh you guys who follow this program my father i lost him he, he he is my best friend and i had a very emotional night last night i am not immune to any of this stuff and then julie and i talked this morning and I, you know I, I i made an excuse because I, I i was being very emotional i was like well my father passed away i mean i i again we, we we all do this because it's our way to explain our behavior but i if you don't change it then you do not have a right to complain if you're not willing to do something about it. So you go back to the the revised stages of change model, not by Prochaska and Clemente, but by Freeman and Dolan, because they included the anti-contemplation stage. And this is the individual that you will never see in therapy because they have no insight and believe they have no problems whatsoever. Um so the stages of change model—it's called the trans-theoretical model. Look up the Freeman and Dolan version of it because they added two other uh, stages, different than the uh, original one by Prochaska and DiClemente. So, so the, the you know the whole point of this this episode is to, to to bring to light the excuses that we all give because I mean I've given excuses. I don't feel like going to dinner I'm tired it, That's an excuse. Yes, I may be tired, but it's an excuse. I did it last night i did you know I did it last night with i didn't feel like going to dinner. Because I was tired, you know, doing two neuropsych for the grace of God, six days a week and and, and, and seeing people for therapy and doing feedbacks. I was tired, but I knew it was important to Julie, but I made an excuse and I and I own that. But it's incumbent upon me that I'm presented with the same situation next time to make a change or make an effort. And even if I don't make the effort, I'm at least aware that I need to start making that effort. That's the thing where I think people get tripped up from a therapy perspective is they get so focus on the final goal they get so focused on i'm no longer depressed i'm no longer anxious i'm no longer having mood swings uh you know some disorders yeah they have to be managed with medication schizophrenia bipolarity sometimes oc ocd the the neurodegenerative disorders alzheimer's parkinson's prion's disease huntington's yes there are disorders that have to be medicated and all the research shows cognitive behavioral therapy uh uh, psychotropic medication is 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 the key for the treatment of every psychiatric condition and i, I i'm not being a hypocrite and so i'm sharing like I, I i engage in this myself but i have to be more mindful of it and and as a result of be more mindful of it I, I i'm i i i can start to make changes but you have to celebrate the partial victories so take 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 the person who engages in cutting or self-injurious behaviors if you cut 45 times a week okay if the next week you're in treatment and you cut forty-four times, celebrate that. That is success. That is treatment. That is progress. And people are so focused on, well, I, 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 I relapse. I don't care. If you relapse. One, be honest about it. Two, own it. Three, do something about it. Because if you do, if you do not do something about it, I don't have any patience. I have no patience if you if you if you have the tools, the access, the resources, and, and the motivation, and you're not going to do anything about it. I don't do well with whiners. I'm, maybe you guys picked it up by now, but I will do everything in my capacity. I make myself available to the patients that I do treat 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I try on Sundays because I, I need to be respectful of, of my relationship with Julie and, and family time, my relationship with with my amazing stepkids and our and our, our beautiful friends. Um, but that's, that that's just how I practice. And, and, you know, I was again, listening to, to Wayne Dyer with the excuses, when you kind of hear that, you know, his title is excuses be gone. It kind of makes you think, Whoa, mm-hmm. all right. What, uh, all right. How do I keep going along this route? If I'm being called out and he's saying excuses be gone, like what do I, okay. Julie's circling the wagon has generally happens on Sunday night and you guys know that um, the absolute love of my life uh, she's brilliant in in psychopharmacology even though I was trained extensively in psychopharmacology Julie gets very upset and says that's my field (laughs) it's mine So even though I don't prescribe, but Julie does, and I give her boutique psychiatry because I feed her a 90-page eval with the full diagnostic picture. So I'll let her take over the microphone, which is our typical fashion. So go ahead, honey.
1: I want to talk about um, my own experience with when I started to listen to Wayne Dyer. I, um, I was not in the best place in my life. Um, I was struggling immensely, um, disparaged at times. But I I, I, didn't I was that. in...
0: I think that's a conversation we just have for later.
1: Really? um, Sorry. I, I, It takes a lot to make me f- able to focus on things. But what it really taught me was to change the way I looked at the world. I had to change the way I was looking at situations in my life because, because I was so, I wasn't happy. I was, um, I was filled with fear and I, and I didn't know, I really didn't know. I mean, I was in school. Um, I was in school becoming a therapist, believe it or not at the time. I think I had probably graduated, um, but you know my first stint in graduate school, it was uh, it was an incredible, incredibly growth. How am I going to say this? I grew exponentially in the program that I did that I that I attended. But I liked um, when I came across Wayne Dyer. I liked excuses be gone, and I liked power of intention. I tell all of my patients. To listen to these, and it's not because um, I'm getting any money for it, because that's not my motivation anyway. Um, and it's not because I think he was a mega superstar, so I'm not starstruck by him. But he was an incredibly inquisitive human being who wanted to interpret so many different domains in the world of geniuses. Um, he he talked, but he he interpreted things. In the simplest of manners, and it makes so much sense. Uh, I couldn't even begin to touch the surface of what he talks about, but I realized that it, it you know, he uses a lot of metaphors, which I like. Um, I can latch on to a metaphor. People can listen to things, and, you know, some things stick and some things don't. Um, but he is the one who talked about Einstein to a great deal. Um, and how Einstein really just wanted to know how God thinks that's all he ever wanted. And he, and he couldn't, um, it's a mystery. So really what it comes down to is there's in this world, regardless of what you're struggling with, because what, regardless of what your diagnosis is, or if you're really a human being, like we all are, we're just going through this kind of, uh, sketchy, sketchy, sometimes sketchy world, uh, where you bump into people that, you know, we get, you know, people who come into our lives, they go out of our lives and some of them stay, who shouldn't. And, um, but it, it comes down to two emotions and Cora's very anti-emotion, even though he's extremely emotional. Um, he's a very emotional person. Um, and he's also a very emotionally available person. So, I know he says, you know, he poo-poos emotions, but, you know... In in therapy. Yeah, but there's two emotions. There are two feelings out there. There's love and fear. I cry every time I say this. And
0: those are are two tattoos that I have. I have love tattooed on my right wrist. Yeah. And fear tattooed on, on my left because those are the universal human emotions. Those are what guide us.
1: Are you done now? May I talk? Can I? Is I'm it gonna, my turn? Uh, okay. We all right. Cool. Everybody, core has two tattoos about what I'm talking about.
0: I have more tattoos than two. Oh,
1: all right. So anyway, there's love and there's fear, and if you really, really think about it, and you start to feel it, you either. Have to, Einstein said the most important question you can ask yourself is, do you live in a friendly or a hostile universe? And that's such an important question to ask yourself. And it's, it's evolving. It's ever changing. I mean, you can't just make that decision. Oh, I live in a friendly universe because I want, you have to be more keen and open to seeing situations because I know, I know we've had a, a shoddy, couple of years with everything that's gone on politically and with the um, the virus and you know how it just flipped up flipped the whole world upside down but there's still beauty there's beauty everywhere it just it's it's are you looking in the right places so I guess what I like about Wayne Dyer is that he talks about fear and love and when there's when there's love fear is impossible, because love is God, and we are a product of God. And God is love. How can we not be that? If we are, and not everybody believes in this, but I'm a very spiritual person. Do I believe in Adam and Eve? Eh, But I'm not really a religious person, but I believe in God wholeheartedly. And it's kind of like if you knew who walked beside you Again, I get so emotional. Um, It comes down to this. Fear, don't don't do that, make me cry more. Um, When fear knocks on the door and love answers, there's no one there. And I tell myself that every day. I am an anxious person. I am an anxious person. And I am a human being, just like everybody else. And that's why I like to talk about this stuff, because... There's, I make excuses. Like I could say someone pissed me off, you know, at the bank. Ruins my day? Again, really? Or the swearing. But just like the, you know how things like be independent of the good opinion of others because guess what? We have no control over what other people think of us. Okay? We have no control. We have no power. And one of the most important messages I'd like to convey is that we are here to do good. We are here to be kind. And when we're supposed to be kind is we're supposed to be kind right now. There's no then. There's no tomorrow. There's only always right now. I mean, that really really draws from spirituality and also Buddhist belief in that we suffer when we move out of the now because we only really only have right now. And this is the only time that we have any power. And what we're supposed to do is be kind. We're here to do good, that's why we're here. And we need to do good in the moment, and no matter who it is that we're in the presence of. Whether it's someone at the store, do you know what I'm saying, if you can kind of open up your mind, this is what will transition you from the hostile universe to the friendly universe, because there is beauty here. And i that's gonna be my mission today, So when you change this way, you look at things and one more metaphor, I'm just going to put out there too. I love the, 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 the boat, the boat metaphor. It's a motorboat. You're in a motorboat. Let's just say that this is your, this this is your, this is, I told you about it. I did it on the podcast. Okay. Well, I'm going to say it again because maybe somebody missed it because it definitely helps me. I tell my patients all the time. You're in a boat. What is the wake? What is the wake? It's the trail that's left behind. We have to be on this boat facing forward. When we are going through life, we get depressed. We get depressed. We get anxious about what, what was in the wake. Can the wake drive the boat? No, because why? Because it's the trail that's left behind. The boat is moving forward and you're supposed, we are supposed to move forward. We are supposed to leave that wake behind because you know what? When you think about it, Cognitive behavioral therapy, cognition, our thoughts, our thought processes. We've we've inherited a lot of this from generations of our family members. Everybody was doing the best that they could. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. It's a, don't play the victim. It doesn't work. And if mom and dad
0: didn't have, didn't give you what you wanted, maybe they didn't have it to give you.
1: So as soon as you can, kind of stop blaming, and send love, in the presence of fear and hate, that's what will heal you. That's what will bring you joy. When you do that, I feel like that's the key. And it takes practice. And I still do it. I'm not, I'm not Gandhi over here. I really struggle with this sometimes. I'm human. And so does everybody else. So just because I'm speaking to about what it actually means to be a human being in this earth, and people will disappoint you, and they will let you down. But you know what? God never will. He never does. He's always there. Okay, I've been waved out of my chair. Jerk.
0: <clears throat> no, I mean, I think what what Julie said is 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 poetic. It 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 it's something that we are able to connect on as as spiritual beings. Uh, I've said this before. Uh, born and raised Catholic. Uh Bruce Springsteen said it best once you're Catholic, there's no getting out. so Bruce, if you're out there, love to have a drink with you sometime. give me a call um so you know the excuses um it was kind of the the whole premise of the, this specific episode. And again, I, I make them myself. Uh, my, my stepkids make them. Julie makes them. You know, we are human beings. And I think that was a, a, a great point that Julie made that it doesn't matter how, how many letters I we have after our names or before our names or how many degrees on the wall. I tell people when they come into the office, I said, just, that just makes people think I'm, They think I know what I'm talking about. Um, But, you know, this is kind of like this episode I wanted to do is kind of a reality check of look. Look at the thought patterns that you, uh, your spouse, your significant other, your children, your family, the ones that they are engaging in uh, because it's, you know, talk is cheap. It's all about action. Well, Julie just said, love is what it does. And, you know, I remember her and one of our first dates, first few dates, she has said that to me. Um, and, you know, in our office, uh, i bought this for Julie a few, several years ago. Uh, I think it's in my office uh, by Emerson, Julie's favorite author, is Life is a Series of Experiments. The more you make, the better, but change is about action. It's about doing things. It's about getting into your uncomfortable zone, which is the prerequisite and the necessary prerequisite for you to make any change. And please, if you're in therapy, if you have a family member that's in therapy Stop being married to the end goal. Stop being, you'll get there, but celebrate the partial victory. Celebrate the other things. But, you know, take, take, I tell, I've told patients this as a therapeutic exercise. And, you know, I've said this before. Therapy does not take place in the office. It takes place in between sessions. Stand in your mirror, wherever it is in your house. And look at yourself. And look at the things that you are doing. Look at the things that you are saying. Don't look at the things you're feeling. Look at the things that you're saying. saying, I need to change this. Or I want, let me correct myself. Uh, I want to change this about myself. Just get to that place. Just get to that place of just realizing. It doesn't mean you, you have to do anything with it. Just become aware. I want to be more of this, 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 this. I want to be less of this, 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 this. Just get to that place. And you'll start to realize the excuses that are are permeating your life and and, and probably having a negative impact in your life. Uh, Bruce Springsteen said it best in a prologue to a song, Sudden Insight incredibly beneficial but incredibly painful and we are all passengers on this train of trying to figure things out I think in this podcast we try to show just the scientific side the, the the psychopharmacological side the diagnostic side the appreciation of the integrity of psychiatric diagnoses but we are all humans and we are riders on this train and Bruce Springsteen in his song um, Land of Hope and Dreams had an amazing line on this train there are Winners and losers, whores and gamblers, kings and jesters. We are, no one is better than anybody else. But it it is our, yeah, I think that's the right line. Whores and gamblers. Saints and sinners, losers and winners, whores and gamblers. Yeah. We are all riders on this perpetual train of life. And we all have these the the these these cognitions and these excuses to either again immerse us into behaviors that may be appropriate or inappropriate and behaviors that push us into a world of avoidance. So it's do you want to say something else, honey?
1: Oh, here's my beautiful bride. So please, if you, hopefully you, you got something out of tonight. Um, but I also want to say that something that really helped me um, was when someone told me whatever's going on and whatever, wherever you are at right now, it's the exact place you need to be. And you're obviously listening to us because you want, You, you want some hope and you want, you know, some changes in your life if possible, but don't beat yourself up. It's a waste of time. You know, you're not running on ice. Just brush your knees off. It's not what, it's not how you started. It's how you finish.
0: So again, another big reason of doing this podcast again, thank you, dad. I miss you every day. Um, my mother, who raised me from a young kid to be to a different drummer and go out in the world and say what I had to say, is um, everything is treatable. Everything is curable, and a lot of things are manageable. I, we want to destigmatize mental health. And one of the things that Julie brought up, uh, just want to kind of end on this note like she. Said you know she listened. She's a huge fan of Goop and Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, Although I think we subsidize half of her income by all the stuff she buys. Um, Julie, I mean, she does a great job. But um, I think somebody was on saying that we shouldn't call a mental illness. And I kind of went back and forth in my mind as as a neuropsychologist and a diagnostician that uh, I do think we should call a mental illness because. If we if we if we if we tiptoe around it, we we this is probably not a word, but we delegitimize the severity and the integrity of we don't we don't do it with high blood pressure, we don't do it with diabetes, we don't do it with high cholesterol. It is, it doesn't mean that there is something wrong with you is very important. I've said this in multiple episodes. Whatever you have, a family member has, it is something that you have. It is not something that you are. Do not define yourselves by it. But if you do not get treatment, then you have no right to complain. It's your responsibility, it's your responsibility and we are all responsible for our lives, our choices, our behaviors. Again, you didn't hear me say emotion. Choices, behaviors thoughts. And again, I said this I'm saying this. Stop putting your hand over my mouth. Um to figure out what you really have. I and again I will say this every get a full what are you (laughs) doing Get out of here. Get a full eval Whether that you want to come see me or see somebody else, that's the only medium by which you can determine exactly what is wrong. And once you have that diagnostic picture, it makes someone like me who who does again very little therapy, and it makes somebody like Julie, who I don't think in the thousands of evals I've written, I don't think Julie's ever read one. She reads the last page, look what the diagnosis is, but it gives you the answers. And answers are freeing. That doesn't mean you like the answers, but once you have the answer, you can have hope. And independent of what you're struggling with, what a family member is struggling with, there is hope in mental health. We're trying to destigmatize it, but legitimizing it, and that's why I'm sticking with the term mental health or mental illness. Because it, it legitimizes
1: it. Um you want to say something else? Yeah, I think I'm just, uh, and I'm, and then I'm going to really walk away from the mic. But it's, it's if you look at it this way too. No matter where you are in your life, um, some people are definitely victims of circumstance, indeed. And you know, I'm not trying to undermine that. But you know, it, it, it's not your fault. Just mm-hmm. say it's not my fault, but it is a hundred percent your responsibility to do something about it.
0: okay that was optimistic <laughs> but I, 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 I do I do agree with Julie um, you know you go back to the episode we did on help rejectors you know people who perpetually complain and then okay let me give you a name of like five therapists I don't want it let me give you a name of five psychiatric psychiatric prescribers I don't want it you know we own our lives we own our own responsibility and you know the excuses be gone Uh, If you just take Wayne Dyer's term, I want to say, like, excuses. Okay, you can talk about that. But when you say excuses be gone, I think it puts us all on notice. Like, wait a minute. uh, How do I keep justifying this particular way of thinking? So... Uh, a more of an existential episode. One I think that is very relevant. I would encourage you to check out Wayne Dyer. Uh, sincere appreciation to everybody who follows uh, th- this program. Again, I said in the beginning, and I've said in other other episodes. We're very humbled, grateful. Um, trying to reach as many people as we can with the collective knowledge that we have, and neither one of us um, purport to know everything. We're perpetual students. I read textbooks for my leisure time. Um, if you want to come on and see me for a full NeuroPsychivel, happy to do it. Uh, our email to get in contact with me is unplugged at outlook.com. You can find me on psychology today. Uh, My cell phone number, 617-750-9411. Text me, call me. We are passionate about what we do. Do the best we can with the knowledge that we have and the abilities that we have to make a difference in this murky, spooky world of mental health. Until next week, guys, be well. Take care of yourselves